We got to do like Yeshua did. We got to do like Jesus did and separate ourselves from folk. Amen? Amen. The Bible says many times that Jesus went aside to pray by himself. So although we come into the house of worship uh, corporately to praise God, to sing songs, to clap our hands, but we have to realize that some part in service, uh, even during the worship service or even when the word is being delivered, everybody. Amen. Amen. Because how many of you know that God is telling all of us something together, but he's telling you something to yourself. Amen. 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 God has a mission for this church corporately, but he has a mission for each of us individually. How many of you are aware of that? Amen. It's good for us to come together and go out and do things. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. But every now and then, how many of you know that God, well, you know what, this is the thing that get me. Rahab, one woman did one thing and wind up in the bloodline of Jesus Christ. Amen. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, yeah. We think we got to be these big old pillars for God. Like we got to go out and save the world every day. Every now and then, God ain't got the one thing for you to do. Hallelujah. So tell your neighbor, won't you just go and get it done? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Instead of peeping and hiding and sneaking and sliding. Amen. Amen. Go on and, get, go on and do what God got for you to do. Hallelujah. Amen. And nine times out of ten, it is simply just telling somebody about his son, Yeshua Mashiach, Jesus Christ the Messiah. Everybody all right with that? Amen. Amen. I thank God that he allowed us to go through our uh, our series on uh, revival. Hallelujah. That we wanted to make this year, he had Sabbath rest, and anybody who's here that I can be, anybody who would pay attention to me, whether it be in person, here at Sabbath Rest uh, on uh, Facebook Live or on Anchor Podcast or down there at 96.9 degrees, all the avenues that God has given me, one thing that I want to do for sure is make sure that people understand that salvation, hallelujah, is through Yeshua. Yeshua is the word for salvation, so Yeshua comes through Yeshua, hallelujah, because salvation comes through Jesus, amen. The Bible that we read says that there's no other way by which men should be saved but by that name of Yeshua, or the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So we come to this place each and every week that we would be uh, re-energized, uh, fortified, uh, built up, uh, because when we go out into the world, the world has a way of draining your energy. Hallelujah. The world has a way of draining your motivation. Hallelujah. Even sometimes in our own home, we live it with folk. It seems like they wake up in the morning figuring how they're going to drain us. But that's okay if you get a little drained because thank God for Wednesday night. Amen? You get to come to Wednesday night. You get to look at Wednesday night on Facebook Live. Listen to it on Anchor Podcast. Hallelujah. And hopefully that can rebuild you and re-energize you and re-motivate you to hold on just a little while longer. Hallelujah. Amen. So I thank God for that series that we had on uh, repentance and revival. Amen? And uh, in repentance and revival, although we're just in February, I want us to remember this and keep it in the forefront of our mind throughout this year. And honestly, not even just throughout this year, but let's make our lives, for the rest of our lives, let's be in a mode of repentance and revival. Hallelujah. So whenever we see one of our loved ones or one of our church members becoming weak, whenever we see that somebody's ready to give up, that they got their hand on the towel, that they're ready to take their hands away from the plow, from the plow, that they're ready to look back like Lot's wife did, Jesus said that we should fan the flames. Hallelujah. 
fan the flames of somebody so they don't go out. Go in and encourage somebody and lift up their spirits and remind them how God has been walking with them since they were a child. Remind them how God has walked them through every situation where the devil tried to tear them down. Hallelujah. We have to be able to bring one another into remembrance of all the good things that God has done. Hallelujah. Amen. And I don't know about you today, but God has done some good things in our lives. Amen. And for the children, if you haven't realized that God is doing something good in your life yet, just keep on waking up. Hallelujah. Amen. Because what God is doing right now, and this is for the young folk. Now, me and Craig, we probably about the only ones who know anything in this room about hard living. Because we came up in the 60s. Amen. And we remember when they could still call you the N-word on the street. We remember when it was still restaurants where you couldn't go in and eat. Hallelujah. Amen. We remember when folk was trying to keep you down and keep you out. But y'all was born into this freedom. But what <laughs> God is doing right now is he's getting ready to bring us back to a little primitive time. That's what, the, hey, that's what not having running water is. That's learning how to live primitively. Mm -hmm. And they got some folk, they so weak in their minds that they would kill themselves, they would commit suicide when times get hard because they've never encountered hard times before. But I want you to know, honey, I'm a soldier. And when times get hard, you can count and you can follow me. Hallelujah. Because I know how to bathe with no water. Amen. Amen. I know how to make it with no running water. Hallelujah. Amen. I know how to make that toilet flush when it ain't no running water. Amen. Amen. I know how to get some old food out the cabinet and just eat it out the can. Hallelujah. And the young generation going to have to learn that. You got to learn every now and then. You got to put that phone down. Hallelujah. Amen. The young, young generation don't realize all the freedoms and liberties that I was for. Come on, let's give mom and them a hand clap real quick. Come on. Let's give mom and them and grandmama and them and all our grandparents, all of our ancestors. I don't vote. I don't vote because I believe in the system. I vote because folk that look like me die. So I can go down there and sign in. That's why I vote. Amen. And I try to make my vote count. My ancestors did not die that we would go in those booths and elect idiots and people who don't have any godly bone inside of them. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's keep our minds open. Let's keep our hearts open. Because I want you to know that God has created you to be the light of the world. Are you aware of that? Amen. We are the light of the world. I love what we were talking about this morning about Israel. We are the apple of his eye. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. That's how good God is. And as we come today, I want to uh, kind of start not so much a new series, but I want to kind of shift gears because I'm still going to be uh, eluded to extensively about uh, repentance and revival. And in repentance and revival, for this generation, for this dispensation, it is one of the biggest things that watch what God can do. Watch what God can do. Amen. Moses said it this way, standing at the edge of the Red Sea. He raised up that staff and he says, now Behold the salvation of the Lord. What Moses was telling the folk is watch what God can do. Hallelujah. Amen. And I want to remind you of something uh, 
that the Bible consistently reminds us of is that as they stood at the edge of the Red Sea and Moses raised up that staff and the waters did part. Amen. But isn't it amazing and wonderful that the Bible says that the people of God walked through on dry land? On dry land, yeah. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. And as they walked through, the Bible says that they walked through. I want you to read the story. The Bible says that they walked through at night. Mm -hmm. So God allowed the pillar of fire that had been following them by night, God allowed that pillar of fire to illuminate, hallelujah, against the water, the walls of water that he had raised. So not only did the people walk through on dry land, they could see where they was going, hallelujah. Could you imagine walking through a wall of water and looking at all the fish and everything still swimming, but they can't come before the Lord? You gotta really put your mind to what was going on that evening. The people were amazed that their feet wasn't getting wet. The people were amazed that they could see the fish swimming by, but the fish could not breach that wall that God had established. And the wall was so fortified that they walked through all night long. And I want you to realize now, when they left out of Egypt, they left out of Egypt uh, with over a million people. You know how long it take a million people to cross a river? Hallelujah. And they thought that Pharaoh's army was going to come behind them. But what did God do? God closed that thing up. So Pharaoh got to see the fish. Hallelujah. Swim with them. <laughs> they got a chance to swim with the fish. Amen. Why? Because God is our protector. And we talk extensively here a lot about Israel. About Jerusalem. Because the church in America, the Western church, the European uh, church, we have to realize something, y'all. If you would go read Zechariah uh, chapter 2, verse 8, God tells his people that they are the apple of his eye. And Paul brings that thing to speed in Romans chapter 11, and he says that we have to be grafted in. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So I want to encourage you today with these words. Watch what God can do. And I want to use uh, as the scripture today, we're going to be in 2 Chronicles. I'm going to start explaining. We're going to read verse 20. I'm sorry, chapter 20. But I want to explain what's going on in the life of this man that we're going to use today as our uh, example of watch what God can do. All right, young man? Amen. Watch what God can do. Amen. 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 You don't realize it yet, but you're a testimony in yourself. Hallelujah. You're going to get a certain age and you're going to look back over your life and you're going to realize, man, look at what God did. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. 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 I try to never be hard on the young folks because I remember when I was young. And trust me, I was a good teenager. Nobody couldn't tell me nothing because I thought I knew it all. Hallelujah. Amen. But I'm glad God has allowed me to make it to 20,900 days. That's 58 years. And I'm glad that God has allowed me to be able to come to a place in my life to where I can realize that when I was young, I didn't know as much as I thought I did. And even at 58 years old, I still don't know half of what I need to know. I'm ever learning. I'm ever changing. I'm ever evolving. Hallelujah. That's the definition of life. If you can come to a place in your life to where you stop learning and you stop moving forward, you are now stagnant and ready to Hallelujah. Amen. Watch what God can do. In this story, I want to use Jehoshaphat 
as our uh, example today. And I know in our English version it says a J, Jehoshaphat, but his name is really Jehoshaphat. And I want to start explaining this from chapter 17. We're going to read chapter 20. But I want to bring you up to speed of what's going on. Jehoshaphat is the son of Asa. Hallelujah. And Asa and Jehoshaphat were uh, good kings. Amen? Now you don't see that. You don't really see that written uh, too often about the kings of Israel. Because a lot of them were bad kings. But Asa and his son, Jehoshaphat, were good kings. And in this book of 2 Chronicles, this is a narrative history that he's showing us the history of God's people from the year 970 BC, which is the beginning of Solomon's, King Solomon's reign. And to bring to your remembrance, Solomon is David's son. So when Solomon began to reign in 970 BC, all the way to the beginning of the Babylonian captivity in 586 BC, the book of 2 Chronicles tells the history of God's people. It was written to emphasize the blessings of the righteous kings, uh-oh, pay attention now, and to expose the sins of the wicked kings. So when you read 1 and 2 Chronicles, and honestly, you can couple that with 1 and 2 Kings because these books somewhat tell the same stories. <laughs> we would find that God shows in his righteous kings and deeds. He was, once again, y'all, this is confirmation. He was all in my sermon this morning in Sabbath school. And he said, which is true, that the good kings, you can see how God blessed them, but not only did God bless the good kings, he blessed the nation that the king was ruling on. Well, at the same token, the first and second kings and first and second chronicles also show us how God dealt with bad kings. And what, what, what classified them as being a bad king is that they did not heed the words of the prophet that God would send to tell them what God expected. And you would see the punishment and the reward for being a bad king. But the, 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 the negative part, the drawback about that is, is not only was the king punished, so was the land that the king governed. Yeah. Hallelujah. So watch this. I always mention voting at this church. I always mention politics at this church. And I don't mind doing it because anybody who tells me that the Bible is not a political book, they're not reading at all. Because every Old Testament book, uh, there is a king, a prophet, and for most part, a priest. And when you get to the New Testament, it was a king that tried to wipe Jesus out before he even got here. Hallelujah, King Herod. So anybody who says that the Bible is not political, that we shouldn't be talking about politics, that's a lie from the devil because the Bible is dealing with politics from front to back. Hallelujah. But when you know the Bible for yourself, people can't come tell you stuff that's wrong. Ain't that right? That's why it's so important that you know scripture for yourself. Because trust me, that's folks telling you, folks tell me all the time, well, uh, pastors don't have no business in politics. So what y'all want them to do? Leave it up to all you devils? <laughs> and that's what's wrong with the world right now. 
We've left the running of the country, we've left it up to demons. Hallelujah. And when demons do demonic things, why are we surprised? Amen. So as we begin to look at uh, Yohasaphat and all the things that uh, God gave him, Yohasaphat was the second richest and most prosperous king behind King Solomon. Yohasaphat, uh, if we were to read uh, Second Chronicles, I think it's uh, 17, you'll see all the things that the king had. Matter of fact, let me just go ahead on and do some read real quick in my notes. Uh, king Yohasaphat did not seek to bow down to Baals. Now I want you to notice in uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 17, it says that he did not bow down to Baals. It put an S on it. Which, which prompted me to look it up because what Baal actually stands for is uh, sun gods of Babel, the sun gods of Babel. The Bible says about King Jehoshaphat is that he walked <coughs> his father, David, which was actually his uh, grandfather, hallelujah, his great-grandfather. King Jehoshaphat removed all the high places and the ashapos, and those were uh, pagan gods that they would use. The high places. They would set up uh, high places or important places, in other words, where the people would be. Yohashaphat told that down. All the Asherpoles. The people loved Yohashaphat in such a way that they blessed him with riches and silver and goats and rams. Chapter 17 even alludes to the fact that Palestine uh, Palestinians and uh, Arabs even bought gifts to King Jehoshaphat because they loved him so much because he was such a good king. Jehoshaphat even sent prophets out to all the land teaching the people from the book of the law. He was serious about the people in Judah living for God. Amen? Jehoshaphat was so blessed that he had an army greater than 1,100,080 men. Hallelujah. But in chapter 18, we see that in his 14th year of reign, Jehoshaphat went to Samaria to visit King Ahab. Now the reason he went to Samaria to visit King Ahab wasn't so much about Ahab, but Jehoshaphat's son married Jezebel and Ahab's daughter. And he went down to visit that dirty king. Actually, I should say he went up to visit that dirty king because he went up to the northern kingdom uh, capital, Samaria. And while he was there, the Bible says that Ahab uh, began to prepare a feast for Jehoshaphat. Got him good and full. Hallelujah. They say to the way to a man's heart is to his belly. Hallelujah. And while the king was whining and dying in Jehoshaphat, he talked him into going into war against Ramoth Gilead. And in that war, we find out that's when King Ahab was killed. But the Bible shows us something. Is that although King Ahab was a bad king and he was killed in that battle, God allowed Jehoshaphat to make it out of that battle alive. 
Look at what God can do. Now, King Jehoshaphat did not realize that he was in trouble until he made it back home to Jerusalem. And in chapter 19, we'll read as soon as he got home, Yahoo was waiting for him. Once again, in America, we put J's in front of all these Hebrew names, but they are solid. And, uh, it's not Yahoo, it's really Yahoo and Yahoo. And he met him and he told him what we would tell our little brothers and sisters. He said, ooh, you in trouble. Because you went aligned yourself with wicked King Ahab. But look at what Yahoo told Jehoshaphat in chapter 19. He says, because you have been good in God's eyes, God is not going to punish you for going into business or going into battle with King Ahab. Ain't God all right? Amen. Now this is an illustration to show us that when we mess up, God is not standing on the edge waiting to uh, deliver punishment to us. This is why it's good that we would live a righteous life, God. Listen to me carefully. Because this illustrates to us that yes, we will mess up. There, there are no perfect human beings. I think I can count the perfect human beings on one hand. The Bible says that Enoch walked with God and he didn't die. He was translated into heaven. The Bible says that Elijah was swept up by a whirlwind into heaven. He didn't die. If you notice, the Bible really never says nothing negative about Joseph and Daniel. And then, of course, there's the master, Yeshua Mashiach. All the rest of us, we gonna fall. There's, there's, there's inadequacies, there's predilections, hallelujah, there's sins and faults in our lives. But this shows us that when we have tried our best to live good for God, even on that one day when you mess up, hallelujah, God is not always ready to punish us, amen, like we're ready to punish one another. Sometimes we're ready to give up on people so quick. We're ready to give up on one another. One little thing a person do that, 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 that you don't like, and we're ready to cut them off like a bad habit. Come on, tell your neighbor, hang in there with somebody. My personal testimony for this week is we were having this water problem, and it seems as though none of the city leaders were saying anything. And of course, Facebook is <coughs> Facebook. And as long as they was dogging out the mayor about his mayor job, about not saying nothing about this water, I didn't say a word. But one person brought up his pastorship and started trying to drag him through the mud. I said, hold up, y'all. Y'all, you can go read it for yourself. I said, hold up, y'all. Y'all better be careful. Somebody takes me back and say, oh, so you standing up for Rome? I said, no, I'm not standing up for Rome, but I'm standing with a man of God. Amen. And there's a difference between putting up with Rome and standing with somebody Amen. when they have been caught doing wrong. Hallelujah. And, 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 and the thing that I understand is although they may have to whisper in your ear the whole time about how wrong you are, yeah. but don't you hope, don't you wish that you have somebody that would stand with you? And this is what God is showing us that Jehoshaphat had piled 
held up enough righteousness that even when he did wrong, the Bible says God winks at us in our ignorance. Amen? Amen. Come on, ain't that all right? Amen. I'm happy about that. Amen. So the Bible says after, after Yahoo, Yahoo went and told Jehoshaphat that he was wrong, uh, look at what Jehoshaphat did in chapter 19. The Bible says that he set judges and priests over all the people, retraining them again, that none of them should turn from serving God. Hallelujah. Amen. Now that's what you call true repentance. Amen. When somebody tell you you're wrong, just say I'm sorry and move on. Now in relationship class, we teach this all the time. When you have been caught in the wrong, we as human beings like to play the blame game. So if you want to apologize to somebody, this is how you do it. I'm sorry, please forgive me, or my bad, or however you want to say it. But do, this is not an apology. This is what an apology is not. I'm sorry, but. That's not an apology. You're still trying to back your way out of it. You're still trying to blame somebody else. Amen? Yeah, amen. So we're going to apologize. Just say, I'm sorry, and, and go ahead and sit it on down. Amen? Amen. So we see that Jehoshaphat now, he has established uh, Judah again by placing judges and priests over the people. So Judah, the Bible says, is according to the Lord. Now let's get into our punchline. See, watch what God can do. Come on, let's read chapter 20. Amen. I want to make sure I get it uh, in, in one of these uh, good versions of the Bible. Because I want people to understand. Every now and then, when you're trying to read out the King James, the understanding is just a little confused. So I'm going to read today uh, out of the New King James Version of the Bible. That's all right, everybody? Amen. Amen. So the Bible says in uh, uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1, it says, And it happened after this, amen, after this. He's talking about what happened in chapter 19. So after they had peace in the land, because Jehoshaphat had placed uh, people in the land to govern the land, righteous men, uh, priests. So after this, and the Bible will tell us that they had uh, a time of peace. Fasting and praying.
from the law. Who did they ask help from? The Lord. They didn't go try to line up with no wild king just to get somebody on their side. He went to God and asked for help. Watch this. When we get in trouble and predicaments our life, in our lives, who should we ask help from? Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the Bible says in verse 5, Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem, in the house of the Lord, before the new court, and said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God of heaven? And do you not rule over the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might, so that no one is able to withstand you. Boy, he pumping God up, ain't he? Mm -hmm. That's what Jesus taught us to do in the model prayer. Amen. See, when you pray, the first thing you're supposed to do is give That's God right. adulation. Amen. That's why the prayer starts off, our Father, our Father, who art in heaven. Now that word hallowed is another word for holy. Holy is thy name. Holy. Thy kingdom come. That, see, we, God says, give me adulation first. Praise me first. Hallelujah. So when we pray, now this is a good example for a good teaching uh, point on prayer. Don't just fall down on your knees or stand up and start praying to God about what you think, about what you want. Amen. Amen. That was a quick prayer lesson now. And watch this. I listen in gently when folk pray. Amen. Amen. I ain't going to come back and try to correct you, but I can tell who reads their Bible and who not just by the words you use in your prayer. Hallelujah. So the first thing we want to do in prayer is we want to be able to lift God up and let him know how much we love and trust him. Amen? So he says in verse 7, Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? And they dwell in it and, you, and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name. Say it. That's why it's not good to just build a church because you want to. <laughs> any church, any temple, anything that's built, it should be built to edify God. Amen. We should understand that this is the house of God. That's why there is emphatically, absolutely, no eating and drinking besides water in the sanctuary. Hallelujah. Because this ain't your house. Amen. Amen. We got to teach this. We got to treat this place holy. That's why it was so important. I always, for years, I wanted to put that wall up. We finally got it done. I'll tell you, this is another lesson right here. If you want something done in your life, just keep saying it out of your mouth. Young people, too, you're not paying attention. You missed that. <laughs> Whatever it is that you want in your life, trust me, I'm a living example of it. Whatever it is that you want in your life, just keep saying it out of your mouth. Just keep saying it. I'm going to get that one day. I'm going to do that one day. I know I'm going to get that one day. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know how it worked, well, it but worked. watch what God can do. He just needs to know that you believe it in your heart, amen? Amen. So amen. he says, "You, we have built a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, if disaster comes upon us, sword, uh-oh, judgment, here we are 2021, pestilence, famine, we will stand before this temple and your presence, for your name is in this temple. Hallelujah and cry out to you in our affliction and you will hear and say and now here are the people of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt but they turned from them 
and did not destroy them. Now, if you remember when they were in the wilderness, God, God had, that's why it took so long. That's why it took 40 years. One of the reasons it took 40 years, we know the main reason because of their dis disobedience, but one of the reasons that it took so long is that God would not let, let them take a straight path. They had to go through and around certain cities because they knew if they went through them, they would have to fight. And that's what this passage is talking about. Say, when we had the chance to invade them, you didn't let us invade them. So I know you're not going to let them come invade us. Amen? So verse 10, uh, to reiterate verse 10, he says, And now here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who you would not let us invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. But they turned from them and did not destroy them. Verse 11. Here they are rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession which you have given us to inherit. Verse 12, he says, All our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. Nor do we know what to do. Hallelujah, I love this prayer because <coughs> I'm weak. They, I don't know what to do with this great problem that's in my life. Hallelujah. Amen. He says, but our eyes are on you. Amen. Come on, tell your neighbor, keep your eyes on God. Keep your eyes on thee. Amen. Come on, tell him, keep your eyes on Jesus. Amen. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Remember that's what Peter's problem was when he was walking on the wall? Yeah. The Bible says as long as Peter was eyes was fixed on Jesus, he, he walked walk. on that wall. Yeah. But the Bible gives us implication that when Peter began to look around at the waves that were uh, rowing all around him, the Bible says he began to sink. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, tell your neighbor, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Verse 13, he says, Now all Judah, with their little ones, their wives, their children, they all stood. And here we are. Here we are knocking on the door asking the kids if they feel like going to church. <laughs> you see what happened here, right? Yeah. All the whole family stood with God. The whole family came and stood before God. Amen. When nobody left at the house, because I don't feel good. Amen. Amen. If we're ready for things to change, the whole family need to get together and come praise God. Amen. I'm going to go ahead and move on. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah. The son of Benaiah, the son of Jeel, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. Now, this is the reason that they give genealogies. Because when you read some of the songs, who some of the songs written by? Asaph. Hmm. Asaph, yeah. So it's letting you know that this boy is in an important bloodline, in other words. Amen. Amen. Verse 15, he says. And he said, listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you king, your half of fat. I like this boy. This boy got full fire. Look at how verse, 13, verse 14 start off. Then the spirit of the Lord came upon him. Amen. The king was talking, y'all. The king was praying. But God didn't allow the Holy Spirit to fall on the pastor. God allowed the, the Holy Spirit to fall on somebody that was in the congregation. Did, are you checking this out? Amen. So it ain't always the pastor and the preacher that's, that's going to have the anointing or the word from God. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Watch, now watch this. Watch where, watch where Asaph was. Look at the end of verse 14. It says that Asaph, I'm not Asaph, but Jehazel, he was in the middle of the crowd. He wasn't on the front pew, meaning he wasn't no important person. Come on. He was in the middle of the congregation. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit came upon him. Now let's see what he said in verse 15 when the Spirit came upon him. And he said, listen, all of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Watch this. He even told the king, king, listen, man. That's right. Now, you know back in the day, you didn't talk to the king like that. If the king didn't put himself down, you don't talk. Thus said the Lord to you. Now, this is, this is uh, what you call order. Although the Holy Spirit fell on Jehazel, and even though Jehazel told King Jehoshaphat to listen, look at what he says, though. Thus said the Lord to you. Meaning, King, the word from God is coming through me to you. Yeah. I don't think y'all catching what I'm saying. Every now and then, somebody should be calling me on the phone saying, Pastor, the Lord that told me. Hmm. We're going to build stronger. We're going to come out of this bigger and better. 
Every now and then, that ain't what God wants us to do. God wants us to do what Psalm 46 and 10 say. Be Anybody got it? Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Selah. He said, think about Selah. that for a minute. Hallelujah. Think about that for a minute. That what God is expecting out of us every time is that we realize that the battle is not ours. But we're raised in this country to think we're supposed to uh, uh, when the going get tough, tough get going. The no, every now and then the tough got to sit down. Yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. <coughs> every now and then we got to take our hands, we got to take our mouth, we got to take our minds off of it, and we got to leave it to God to fix. Amen? And this is what I have found out over the last two years of my life since I've been trying not to boss everything and everybody. You know what I found out? God going to work it out for his... I have found that out. I've been running around all these years trying to control everything and get myself all stressed out. At the end of the day, God looking at me saying, I didn't tell you to do all that. And now that I've learned to shut my mouth and sit down and be still, the church is running better. Hallelujah. The money is coming in by the abundance. God is opening doors. We now on live. We now on the radio station. I mean, when I learned how to sit down and shut up and be still, God was able to move. Hallelujah. And I don't know about you, but I need God moving in my life and not me. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Where we left off at? 16. So he says, tomorrow, go down against them. They will surely come up by the acts, by the ascent of the dead. And you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of, of, of Uriel. You will not need to fight this battle. Hallelujah, because once again, the battle is the Lord. Mm -hmm. But watch this though. Now look at what God said. He told uh, J. J. Isaiah to tell the king, don't worry about the battle, but look at what he said. You still got to position yourself though. All right. Don't just stay at home. Amen. 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 Don't just sit on your hands. Don't just start whistling Dixie. Now, although they didn't have to fight that battle, God still told them, go Amen. They will surely come up to the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Ariel. You will not need to fight this battle. Position yourselves. Stand still. Uh oh, watch this. And see the salvation of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem? Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Amen. And that's what we have to do, y'all. Amen. We cannot give up. We cannot stop. We cannot take our hands from the plow. We cannot go in the tower. We have to show up like we're going to fight. But I want you to know that the battle is not ours. We're not going to have to uh, lift the heavy burden at all. Amen. God is going to turn things around. God is going to make the way straight. Amen. Amen. God is going to do it for us. Now, I don't, I'm not preaching lazy Christianhood. That's why I'm trying to show you that God says what you have to do is make sure you show up. Amen. 
And too many times, we finding reasons not to show up. And I ain't just talking about church. Sometimes, let me put my glasses on, sometimes we don't want to show up for life. <laughs> sometimes, no, tell the truth. Life, especially living in this time we're living in right now, life is hard. Yeah. Life is hard right now. And sometimes we just don't want to show up. But I'm telling you, get dressed. Get, watch this, don't only get dressed, get dressed in your best. Mm -hmm. Come looking good. Hallelujah. Remember Jesus told him about fasting? He said, listen, don't go out there just letting everybody know you're fasting. You ain't got to look all ran down. He said, wash your face. Yeah, yeah. Put on good clothes. Amen. We ain't got to go tell everybody, oh, yeah, you know, we fasting today. Amen. Ain't they busy? Yeah, yeah. But we got to show up on the scene looking good. Hallelujah. Amen. And I want you to understand, when things get rough in your life, all you got to do, ooh, I love this right here. Dr. King, which he was quoting somebody else, he says, Wrong is on the throne. All right, Truth is on the scaffold. He says, but behind it all in the dim dark shadow stands God, keeping watch over his own. Amen. Now, how many of y'all been listening to what we've been teaching in these prophet prophetic books? Amen. How many of y'all heard what we talked about just the other day about angels? Mm -hmm. About how God has angels dispatched everywhere. Amen. We read in Zechariah uh, chapter 1 where he said that there was angels that God sends walking to and fro in the earth. Hallelujah. Yeah. And they came back and not only are they walking to and fro in the earth, how many of y'all remember that they went back to God and gave a report? Yeah. This is how God knows what we're doing. You can't hide from God, baby. Amen. There's angels walking all around us. There's angels protecting us each and every turn we go. Amen. So I want you to understand that you got to know like the prophet understood when the servant walked out the tent that morning and the prophet got nervous and he got scared because he saw they were encamped by the enemy. There was enemies all around them. They couldn't run forward. They couldn't run backwards. They couldn't run either side. So the servant went back inside the tent. He woke the prophet up. He says, get up. We're in trouble. The enemy got us surrounded. The prophet wasn't even scared. The prophet didn't even rush. The prophet didn't even, didn't, didn't even panic. The prophet took his time, got dressed, washed his face, combed his hair, and the prophet went outside and he prayed to God to open up the servant's eyes. And when God opened up the servant's eyes, the servant realized that they were surrounded by the enemy. Yeah. That was true. But Amen. he saw the enemy was surrounded by the chariots of fire. God has chariots of fire. That's what they call angels, y'all. God has chariots of fire. God has things on our side. Powers and principalities on our side. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You got to know that. You got to believe that. Amen. You have to read your scripture. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and, and hearing by the word of God. God. Hallelujah. You got to read your Bible so that when hard times come in life, you know that God has you protected. He has you protected. This is the problem. Yeah. He has you protected by things you can't see. Oh, amen. Now, let's talk about the definition of faith then. Mm. Faith is what? The substance of things hoped for and evidence to things not seen. Not seen. This is how he got it set up, baby. You know, you're supposed to be out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm protecting you. Yeah. I know folks who ain't done half of what you've done. They got 15 years. Mm. Hallelujah. Mm. God is protecting you. ain't going to realize until you get older, though. Yeah, yeah. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to be nobody's pastor. Trust me. The way I live my life. 
He got me here. Amen. Had me protected. Amen. In Frankfurt, Germany, driving 120 miles an hour. Am I lying? And not only was we driving 120 miles an hour, we had just got through drinking a gallon. <laughs> and I got my wife and kids in the car with me. God was protecting us because I got no business being here. Remember that day we went to that dice game? We had time to stay, but they made me play and I started killing them. And you know when you're gambling and you're winning all the money and you got to leave, you know what they're going to say. You ain't gonna give me a chance to win my money back. I say, man, I told you when I got here, I couldn't stay. Go get the pistol. I don't know how many Craig got to that car, but boy, we had wings that day. <laughs> Why? Because God carried us. That's how. It had to be God. It's no way we could have came from what? The ninth, tenth floor? God, I'm trying to tell the young people, God is real, y'all. It's real. Please believe it's real. Don't go to sleep on God. Amen. Don't give up on God. Amen. Don't think we just in here faking because y'all see how we act at home. This is real. This is real. Hallelujah. <laughs> so parents, watch how you act at home because we make our children think it's not real. Amen. Amen. I ain't mean to put you out there, but you out there now. Amen. Amen. So verse 18, he says, watch this. After Jehoshaphat got the word, the Bible says in verse 18 that he bowed his head and his face to the ground. Watch this. When the king bowed down, what happened? And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, Bow. they bowed before the Lord too. Mm. Amen? Amen. In other words, learn how to follow your leader. Amen. If Amen. you got a real leader who you know trying his best to be real or her best to be real, you learn how to follow that leader. This is what I tell people about leadership. If you don't like something that the leader is doing, you just make sure when you become the leader, you don't do that. Okay. Amen. <laughs> Ain't that good? Yep. Yep. Learn how to follow leadership. And if you don't like something that the leader is doing, you just make sure when you become leader, you just don't do it that way. And I see I see leaders in here. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I, I see leaders in here. You don't know it yet. I didn't think I was a leader either when I was out here. But I see leaders in here. So if you don't like what the leader is doing, you just make sure you don't do it that way when you're the leader. Amen. Amen. Who we left off at? 19. But then the Bible says, then the Levites of the children of the of the Koranites and the children of the Kor of Korites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with their voices loud and high. Now I want to say this because I don't know if the Ramblers family understand this or not. But a lot of times, I don't even know if y'all be paying attention, but a lot of times I call you Korah. And my wife said, why do you call them that? Because when you read the Psalms, in Korah, Korah was the section of Israel that was the singers. Now remember, I've taught y'all this before. When the people of God set up camp, even when they marched, they marched in order. You didn't get a chance to just go march with your... That's why that story about Jesus, hallelujah, when he went back and they couldn't find him when he was 12 years old. See, all that has implications because everybody marched with their clan, with their family. So Korah was kind of in the middle of the group because they were the singers. So that's why I call the, Korah, the Randall's family. Sometimes I call them Korah because y'all were singers. And Korah wrote a few songs too, by the way. Uh, 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 Solomon did write all the songs. Moses wrote one. Asaph, I think, wrote two. Korah wrote a few. Solomon wrote most of them. But not all of them, amen. I think Moses, did I say Moses? 
Yeah, Moses wrote a wrote a psalm unto himself. <coughs> so the Bible says here that the king bowed down, and all the people did what the king did. They bowed down too. And the singers begin to praise God with loud voices and high. Amen? Amen. Verse 20 says, So they rose early in the morning and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. I see where she got the name of the school from now. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness. As they went out before the army, they were saying, this is what they sang, y'all, praise the Lord, his mercy and do his favor. Y'all heard that song before? Yeah. Amen. They made a song out of it. Praise the Lord, his mercy and do his favor. Now when they began to sing and to praise the Lord, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah. And they were defeated, for the people of Ammon, Moab, and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Zion to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end to the inhabitants of Mount Zion, then they begin to destroy one another. Ain't God all right? Watch what God can do, y'all. Amen. God turned the, the, your enemies against themselves. Amen. They came up against you, but they begin to fight one another. Amen. Amen. You ain't got to fight against nobody. Yeah. If folk walking around that school talking about you, and folk walking around town talking about you, don't you worry about it. Don't you have to go to God, hallelujah, crying and worried about it. <laughs> the Bible says that God, the battle is not ours, the battle is <clears> the Lord. Lord. Amen. And look at what God did. He didn't even come down and fight them. He made them fight themselves. Amen. Amen. Did the Bible say that when we live good in front of those who like to talk about us, it's like we putting burning heat, uh, putting burning coals on their head. Yeah. Now I want to give you a a, a, a word picture for that. <laughs> when folk walk around town talking about you and, 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 and try to drag you down, don't you worry about it. Because in a few days you're gonna see them going like this. They're going to be pulling out their own hair. They're going to be scratching their own head. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible says, so when Judah came to the place, overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude, and there were dead bodies fallen all over the place. No one had escaped. He made them kill. The, can't you see that, that the last two killed each other? Mm -hmm. They started with an army, y'all. Three countries came against Judah. They started with, he didn't say how many people, but they all killed each other, Ted, but two left, and them two killed each other. Now, you know that's craziness when somebody didn't have enough sense to say, hold up, y'all killing <laughs> each other. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what God can do to our enemies. God can make your enemies crazy. Yeah. Watch this. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Didn't he make Nebuchadnezzar crazy when he tried to keep going up against that day? Yep. Yep. The Bible says Nebuchadnezzar wind up living in the field like an animal. Yep. Amen. Yep. Didn't did, did, did he not make Saul crazy when Saul kept coming up against David? I'm just trying to give you examples that God will make your enemies crazy. Yeah. Hallelujah. So the Bible says in verse 31, so Jehoshaphat was king over Judah. And he was 35 years old when he became king. And he reigned for 25 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Azabah the daughter 
of Shiloh. And he walked in the way of his father Asa, and he did not turn aside from it, doing what was right in the sight of the Lord. Nevertheless, high places were not taken down, for as yet the people had not directed their hearts to God, their father. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoshaphat, first and last, indeed they are written in the book. Uh-oh, uh-oh. The book of Yahweh, mm. who is the son of Hanan, which is mentioned in the book of Kings of Israel. After this, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, allied himself with, come on, a hate, I can't say that one. As a, as a high, as a high, as a high, king of Israel, who acted very wickedly. Uh oh, here he go, and he aligned himself with him to make ships to go to Tarshish. And they made ships in Israel, in Ezion, the bar. But Eleazar, the son of Dodavah of Marisha, prophesied against Jehoshaphat, saying, because you have allied yourself with Ahazai, the Lord has destroyed your works. Then the ships were wrecked so that they were not able to go to Tarsus. Once again, y'all, look at what the Lord can do. God, and when you're trying to do something wrong, God will destroy that thing. Amen. Now, I don't know if y'all remember Wednesday, I used the example of a, a, a person in our life. They were going to get a job, and they tried to make it to that job interview three times. And each time something happened where they couldn't make it to that job interview, that was God stopping something. So every now and then, when you're in traffic, don't get mad. Be happy. God's stopping you for something. Because when you get up the road, you could have been in that bread. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. When God is slowing things down in your life and stopping things, that's why I'm not worried about coronavirus. Coronavirus, having to stay home and mask up and all that. I know God doing something. I laugh and talk to God about it every day. Lord, what are you doing? I don't even know if y'all remember. I know my wife remember weeks ago. Because we, you know, everybody kept saying, I should be glad in 2020. Oh, I, should. I say, I don't know why. Because yeah. 2021 ain't going to be no better. Yeah. God is doing something. You know how this, this is how I know personally. Anytime in my life, when times start going fast, 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 every time God, God did something. Every time. And time's still going fast, God is still doing something. So don't take your mask off just yet, honey. Amen. Amen. God is still doing something. Hallelujah. Amen. But I want to show you through this story. Look at what God can do. Now we've seen in this story that God built up a king who had just aligned himself with a wicked king. But he didn't destroy him. He still gave him another chance. Ain't that good? Amen. Then a whole army, three nations are coming up against him. And God says, don't worry, I'm going to fight this battle for you. And what happened? The enemy began to fight themselves. Ain't they right? Amen. But see, I like this story so much because he showed both sides. It just wasn't God going to do something for you on the positive side. It showed that Jehoshaphat got in cahoots with another wicked king, and they tried to build ships, and God wouldn't even let the ships leave the board. Yeah. Hallelujah. God is trying to tell us something, y'all. So my admonition is this, and I'm going to sit down. Let's stop playing church, and let's start really realizing what's going on in our life, because we ain't here. We only here about one hour on Wednesdays and about two hours on Saturdays. That's only three hours out of your week. Mm. Now, how many hours are you not here? 
<laughs> Let's put that comparison to ratio. But in other words, that's where your real Christian life is. Your real Christian life ain't depicted in here. Your real Christian life is depicted out there. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. That's where we're spending the most time at. So all of these things that we're learning in here, we need to be able to go out there and apply them or make them applicable in our lives. Somebody say amen. Amen.